Engage! I wanted to physically, mentally, uh, strategically to dominate my opposition. Serge Betson played professional rugby for 20 years. The most feared flanker of his generation, he earned the nickname the Grim Reaper for his ability to shrug off personal pain and dominate his opponents. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of energy, man. But that's what I love doing. Watching Serge play made you wince, feel alive. Across his career, he had over 200 stitches in his head. Pain, in all its forms, was never far away. When you're scared, you either run away, or you either get traumatized, or you need to react and, and fight back. Again and again, Serge put his body on the line. The French captain, Serge Bitson, led by example. He has made 20 tackles, he's smacked people, all of these carried the ball well. People now know that the body can't do 50 games of rugby a year. And I was doing that. It's just unbelievable. Discussions surrounding head injuries in rugby are more prevalent than ever. And Serge Betson had a highly personal relationship with the pain barrier. This is the story of how a shy kid born in Cameroon became one of the most breathtaking rugby tacklers on the planet. I'm Owen Blackhurst, and for Eurosport, this is Raw. Stories of bravery, determination and talent. Serge grew up with his grandmother in Yawande, the capital of Cameroon. His mother had moved to Paris when Serge was just four. He missed her tremendously. When he turned nine, Serge moved to Paris to be with her. It changed everything, and Paris was a culture shock. So then, to be able to be with her was life-changing. To be able to see her, to be able to talk to her, it was uh, yeah, immense for me, uh, as I'm the youngest of, of, of seven. It was something very special for me. And the decision when I was nine to go to join my mom in Paris, etc., was a new kind of new life. And um, the sound is, is, is different. The, the flavor, the smell, etc., is very, very different. And after that was the, <laughs> the weather. <laughs> The winter, the, the, the freezing weather, and that was shocking. <laughs> and I remember going to school and I was very, very close to the radiator to, to just warm him up and make sure I'm not going to die. His mother worked hard day and night to provide for her children. An incredible work ethic that would rub off on the young Serge. She was a single mom dealing with those difficulty to raise kids and to have a life and, and to work hard, etc. It, it was uh, challenging. She was doing cleaning with different offices and sometimes I was going with her to help her cleaning quicker in order to go back home, etc. And I remember also she was bringing some food at home because there were so many things to throw away and it was something very, very, very important for me to make sure 
she will be fine. And uh, I always say that she sacrificed her life as a woman to look after her kids. The family lived in the multicultural area of Clichy. It's a bustling area of 60,000 people just outside the main road that circles inner-city Paris. At school, Serge was a reserved kid. I think with, through, through my character, I, I observe a lot before to start talking. Uh, so I, I was very discreet and, uh, and uh, very, I think, gentle to people. Things were about to change. Playing on an athletics track one evening, one of the older kids asked if he would like to come and play something called rugby. He was a sporty kid, but he'd never even seen a rugby ball. I don't know why I say yes, <laughs> but at some point I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to experience something different and uh, maybe I had enough with going to school and go at home. Uh, I get introduced to, uh, to, to my age group and I start playing rugby. And um, and the first things I've learned it was a tackle, uh, and it's a girl who teach me how to tackle. We're sat with Serge in the middle of a rugby pitch in West London. His eyes light up when he talks about this first encounter with tackling, the action that would dominate the rest of his playing life. The girl who taught 12-year-old Serge to tackle was called Kareen, the sister of the boy who'd introduced him to the club, and their father was the president. These strong family bonds at the club resonated with Serge. They were similar to the ideals his mum had taught him. Rugby uh, make me discover who I am, make me discover that I love being part of the team. I love that close relationship. I love putting my body on the line for, for my mates. And uh, from that first day, I realised that those people I don't know I don't know them. They, they take time for me. They take time to share me the passion the, the, of rugby. And, and I spend more time there during my, my childhood afterwards than when I was at home. Just two years after playing for the first time, he was selected to play for the Paris district team. He was already excelling. And it wasn't long before Serge got injured for the first time. A broken cheekbone. For most of us... That might be that, but Serge wanted more. I knew that I need to be careful, but the funny thing is, uh, when I when I managed to recover, I went back uh, to the club to see one of my team play, and uh, and that was one of the big big things for me was that I was crying because I wasn't with them playing. And for some reason, I didn't really have, let's say, the negative effect of the injury. I was crying because I want to be there. I want to be playing with them. Uh, the, the, let's say the, the outcome of my injury is I can't remember being hurt. I can't remember being uh, difficult for me, painful. I want to be with them. And, and that is shocking in, in, in the way that uh, most of the time when you get injury somewhere, you don't want to, <laughs> to experience that again. And, and, and for some reason, I wanted to go back. I wanted to, to carry on playing. I wanted to, to, to carry on learning uh, about what rugby is about. 
he'd realised early on that he could push the pain barrier to one side for his teammates. But what about inflicting it? He remembers the first time he accidentally hurt an opponent. Tough. Tough, tough. Difficult. Difficult because I made a tackle. Yeah, very, very hard tackle. And... uh, and yeah, I think he left the game, he left the, the pitch. Uh, I was crying, I was uh, angry about myself. And uh, I think it was uh, very close to the try line. And I think I, I tackled the guy hitting the post. And uh, I hurt him. Um, I think it was just a contact, but you can surprise your, opposi- your opponent with the impact. And that impact, I think, was uh, very, very difficult to, to accept. And I think he left the field afterwards. Emotionally, it was tough. Contact is crucial. A study by the British Journal of Medicine in 2017 showed that by the time a professional rugby union player has played 25 matches in a season, they were more likely to endure a concussion injury than not. Injuries and blows to the head were going to become a common occurrence. I always say to myself, if you have any doubt of your physical ability, don't go to play. Don't go to play. Because you can hurt yourself uh, further down. Until he was 17, Serge worked hard at Parisian amateur club Sportive Clichy. And then the big boys came calling. Basque club Biarritz Olympique offered him a contract and an opportunity that he couldn't turn down. For Serge, this meant once again being separated from his mother. It was difficult. This is uh, something very bizarre because I moved Cameroon to go to Paris to my mum, and, and at age of 17, I decided I want to pursue my life and dream and etc. And she let me go, <laughs> which is uh, amazing. <laughs> and, and that was tough tough again because um, leave leave my family left my friends and and I was crying every 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 day calling my best friend on the phone calling my mom on the phone every day to make sure that uh, they will support me the friend who'd introduced Serge to rugby drove him down from Paris to sunny French Basque country it was the start of a new chapter for a 17 year old only five years ago had never heard of the sport. The environment was a dream. Every meal cooked for him. Legendary French prop Pascal Ondorts worked on the bar. Serge Blanco, the chain-smoking Pelé of rugby, was a key part of the club. His progress rocketed. In 1996, he was part of the French team that won the University World Cup in South Africa. A year later, for the first time, he was selected for the full French squad. It was a very, very, very enjoyable moment, but at the same time frustrating moment because for my first cap, um, I was on the bench, came into the game, 15 minutes to go, we lost the game. And that was a friendly game against Italy. I always say that it's that game who took Italy into the Six Nations. As an athlete, you cannot enjoy that because you lost and uh, Italy beat you. That's, uh, that's the point. After that, 
It was three long years before Serge was picked to play for the national team again. It hurt. You have to create your own path uh, of belief in order to be able to continue working hard uh, and saying to yourself, one day it will happen. One day I will get picked again and I will hopefully be successful. And it's true that for that three years period, I worked really hard, dreaming that I will, I will one day I will go back to France team and I will get picked. In November 1999, Bernard Laporte was appointed as the France coach. And by February the following year, Serge was back in the squad. His first appearance was against Wales. He came on with 15 minutes to go and saw the game out. The second appearance was off the bench too, against England. And after so long away, Serge was pumped. Too pumped as it turned out. I was on the bench again. End of the game, very tight, very close game. And I wanted to showcase, I wanted to, I wanted to again feel part of the team, wanted to impress and saying I'm, I'm, I'm the man of the game because I, I improve everything, I improve my skills, I improve my behaviour, etc. But after going to the, to the pitch, one minute and 30 seconds, yellow card, Serge Betton out. That ac- accident was an emotional control because I, want, I was so angry to showcase so then I didn't listen, the referee, I, was, I want to tackle, I wanted to, to fucking smash people. France lost the match. Afterwards, Laporte told the media that Serge would never again play for the French team. It was really, really tough. But at some point, I have in my mind saying that, you know what, the manager is, is right because you let your teammate down, you didn't do the right thing. And you have to sort out, you need to, you need to change that. And that was my mindset. And I wanted to, to find some way to change my behavior, to understand my mentality, my, my psychology, and, uh, and to control my emotion. The pain took its toll. Serge attended psychology sessions to analyze where he'd gone wrong. In 2001, four years after that initial cap, Serge started his first game for France against Australia. It's too long. It's too long, man. And, and, and that is the reality of the high level. And to be able to, be, to get the trust of, uh, of a manager, you need to showcase. You need to be an example. You need to be professional. You need to... And when, when, you, when you left the pitch two years before with the yellow card, with all that uh, say uh, to you about your, you're not going to be able to play again in the French team, I have to say it's hurt. And fair play, it took me back and, and, and I show case that day in 2002 when uh, we, we beat England. By the time the 2002 Six Nations rolled around, Betson was a key cog in a France side that wanted payback. The year before, England had destroyed them, 48-19. This was Sir Clive Woodward's prime England. Big Martin Johnson... Johnny Wilkinson in his boot, and England that would go on to win the World Cup the following year. And in the back row, Serge Betsen, one of the great scavengers, one of the great tacklers. What damage can he do to the England halfbacks? March the 2nd, 2002, the Stade de France. It was Serge's job to make sure the English fly half could not dictate the play. 
to this day, his performance still makes people shudder. In front of 79,000 fans, most of them there to see the roast beefs carved up, he punctuated the march air with hit after hit. Combat uniform of iconic blue shirt, muddied white shorts and camouflage skullcap. Smothering Wilkinson, tackling him low and hard, suffocating his ability to kick. The BBC described it as one of the most unforgiving defensive performances of all time. At that time, Johnny was the, the, the guy who was running everything for England. He was doing everything. So for me, it was easy to spot him. And also the, the fact that my position as a as back row, open side flanker, when, when I don't have the ball, the first player I'm going to meet is the scrum half or the 10. So that was natural for me. And, and, and I, I accentuate that because I wanted to dominate my opposition. I wanted to physically, mentally, uh, strategically to dominate my opposition. Sir Clive Woodward later told the media that Serge was the only player I can say who was the single-handed reason we lost a match. That same Six Nations featured what Serge regards as the hardest game of his whole life. A 37-33 victory over Wales at the Millennium Stadium. And the image of a 19-stone Scott Quinnell hurtling towards him is something he still thinks about to this day. Scott Quinnell sees the blue line come straight up at him. We imagine uh, with the sound of the, the crowd in Cardiff, every time he catched he catch the ball, you see the ooh coming. You can see that it's like in your head, in your, your ears, that you're getting scared and you don't know what to do, you know, don't know where, where you are and you have to be focused and make sure you're going to have that target, that energy, that dynamic to stop him, first of all, and to try to drag him back. He really has come into his own this season. He's played some great rugby, terrorised Johnny Wilkinson against England. Serge's performances helped take France to the Grand Slam. He was named the French Championship's Player of the Year that season and went on to win the Six Nations again in 2004. In the 2007 tournament, his last before international retirement, he made 56 tackles, 12 more than the next best. France won it that year too. If you've never really watched a game of rugby, flanker is an uncompromising position. The primary role is to recover the ball. Serge was considered small for the job, and his preparation for every high-speed collision with other men made of granite had to be perfect. I'll say to you that the first thing I've learned was a tackle, and, and I, I enjoy doing that. So um, it's an amount of effort to analysing player like Scott Quinnell, massive, uh, Tana Umaga, Powerful, Jonalumu, oh my goodness. And, and in, in different way, player like Johnny, uh, uh, Johnny Wickinson or, or Jason Robinson, which is getting so amazing steps. If you don't wake up early, my God, you're not going to be catching him. So it, 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 it's being in position to tackle those people, different type, different shape, 
you need to wake up early. So you need to have a lot of strategy in place in your mind in order to be focused, clinical, and, and, and be able to try to release the speed. Um, and, and that starts from the, from the start, which is even that don't really have the ball, you need to identify them. You need to see, okay, this is him, this is me. I, mean, I have to be in front of him and I see who's going to receive the ball. And you need to see his size. <laughs> If he's 100 kilos, you need to think in, in advance, oh my goodness, I'm going to suffer. Uh, what I'm going to do to be able to be in a good position to tackle him. Not just tackling him, but first of all, get that contact in order to maybe not fall apart, but keep chasing, to push him backwards, to reverse that kind of uh, uh, dynamic and, and push him backwards in order to take him off balance and smash him on the ground and, and trying to stand up quicker to recover and take the ball. That is the mechanism I, I try to put in my head. And that is for me, yeah, the, the, the goal of tackling. It sounds like algebra, doesn't it? Listening to him speak about the art of tackling. An ability to perfectly calculate weight, speed, time, thrust and power in a millisecond. But there were times, so many times, where Serge or an opponent got hurt. I remember a tough moment. Uh, the big man like uh, Izzy Tolomaka played for Toulouse, number eight. I was always running fast to, to your position, to, to the ball carrier to try to stop him. And I was tired. Uh, and he, he was on the bench, came into the game. I tried to stop him. He blast me over. And the second one, he, he get me to the hospital. And, and that was also something um, tough. I tried to tackle him. And he tried to rip the ball and bang. I wasn't, I think I was tired, but yeah, I took his elbow, the cheek, off. That was hard, tough. Yeah, broken my cheek again, left the stadium, and that was one of the, one of the moments, uh, unbelievably, a standing ovation of the crowd on my, on my way out. During his career, there were instances where Serge was accused of inflicting pain on purpose. He was labelled a serial tripper by Warren Gatland after an incident that broke London Wasps player Stuart Abbott's leg. Gatland said there was something in his psyche, but rugby's independent disciplinary committee found that Serge did not commit an act of illegal or foul play. His tackle on Johnny Wilkinson in the 2003 World Cup semi-final is infamous. I wanted to, to stop uh, him kicking and I wanted to stop the ball by trying to uh, counter him kicking. That was the challenge. So uh, it's difficult because I, I think on that run, for example, I was on the top of my game in terms of timing. And it, it, it's just less than half a second. And that is the high level. That is the, the high standard. Serge maintains that he has never gone out to intentionally hurt another player on the rugby pitch. It's important to, to keep uh, in mind that health of, uh, of anybody is important. And like I said, I don't want to hurt somebody. I'm going to challenge him, for sure. 
and make sure he's going to remember me. Challenge, yes, to make sure I'm going to stop him, how I'm going to change his mindset. Yes, but hurt him, no. Serge played 172 matches for Biarritz Olympique, 79 for London Wasps, and earned 63 caps for France. He was considered unplayable at times. So mountainous was his talent and bravery. Fellow flanker Martin Williams once described him as simply indestructible. But did he feel that way? People think that I was brave. I wasn't brave. I was scared, like everybody. But I always do everything in my position to be ready, to be ready for the contact, to be ready for, for the challenge. And uh, I wasn't silly. I was just... Uh, I had a clear picture of what I can do and how I can do it the most effectively possible. And um, I was scared at everybody. But uh, in order to avoid uh, that situation, a scary situation, you need to prepare yourself to knowing the danger and to know how you can cope with that. My first, my feeling was always to fight back. And that was for me uh, yeah, the reason of, of, of keeping doing that because I love, I love the game. In December 2020, eight former rugby players, including England World Cup winner Steve Thompson, announced a lawsuit against World Rugby, the RFU and WRU. Thompson doesn't remember that World Cup win over Australia in 2003. The players allege that given the risk of brain damage from head injuries, the Federation owed them a duty to take reasonable care for their safety through rules and regulations. A joint statement in response to the lawsuit read, We have been deeply saddened to hear the brave personal accounts from former players and that we will continue to use medical evidence and research to keep evolving our approach. Serge Betson embraced pain. You can see the physical scars on his face from two decades of professional rugby. But he believes the institutions of the game must look after its players first and foremost and that recovery times between games have to be longer. Mentally, psychologically uh, and physically, <laughs> you, you, you push, you, you, you just dig, dig, dig deeper and deeper and deeper. You don't have any energy to be effective. It's tough. Uh, I think I always... Uh, support the players I, 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 because I, I experienced that 20 years I cannot blame the player I always say I want my politics government to give the player the opportunity to, uh, to be 100% to do what they can do to win but at the minute there's so many federations who don't do um, what they should do in order to uh, to get uh, the player into that optimal uh, situation. But hopefully that changed, that changed change a lot. Hopefully we'll have that kind of balance. I think it's, it's important to, to make sure that after yeah, life in sports, you're going to have a life with your family, uh, playing with your kids, running with the kids, enjoy family times. That idea of supporting people, whether his mum or his teammates or the children that he helps with his rugby foundation, has always been at the heart of his life. And on whether he feels the repercussions of what he put his own body through, Serge says that he wishes he'd asked more questions. 
it's true that as an athlete, you always feel like uh, you're very powerful and, and, and distributable. So you, 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 don't, you don't ask your, for your brain to, to reflect on, on what you can do, how, you, how people can help you. And, and you come back to that uh, situation where, again, if I'm struggling, I need to ask questions. I need to... I need to ask advice. I need to get to see somebody who know more about the body than myself. So uh, that is for me the message. The message is to say, if you have any doubt of anything about your body, go to check, go to ask, and, 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 and get, make sure you get a clear picture of what, what's happening. Stories of Bravery, Determination and Talent is an original Eurosport series produced by Mundial Studio. The narrator and story editor is me, Owen Blackhurst. The writer and producer is James Bird. And the executive producers are Tyo Papula and Seb White. The assistant producer is Chris Byfield. Archive from the BBC via Getty. For Eurosport, the commissioning editor is Mark Asian. And the executive producer is Ian Brackley. Original music composed by Harry Harris.